Hey everyone, this is Anastasia. And this is Lauren. You're listening to Wait to Panic, a podcast where two friends take turns trying to scare one another shitless. And this week, it's Lauren's turn. And hopefully, this time, my story will be good. So, well, okay, so background. I've tried to tell this story once before, and the audio kind of ended up failing on us for some reason. But I have a new microphone now. New mic party with Lauren. Do-do-do! Well, let me shuffle things around just a little bit. One moment. <laughs> I'm just gonna... Don't mind noises. It's okay. You can edit those out. And everyone will wonder why I'm making comments about staring up your nose. <laughs> it's very clean up there. <laughs> Lauren's doing ASMR. It's, Lauren can't help. It's a fuzzy microphone cover right in front of my face. This is why I didn't buy a wedding dress that had ruffles right on the top. Oh, yeah. No, you would have been flipping flopping those all day. Yep, just rubbing the boobs the whole time. Would have been hilarious wedding pictures, though. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the memories we want to remember. Are you sure about so, that? After all of that, uh, do we want to do happies real quick before we get into my second telling of this story? Sure. I don't have one yet, though, so you go first. Oh, I have one. Okay. So when we moved, uh, we decided that we needed to have, we being me and my partner, we already decided we were going to have nice work setups. So we ordered, and they should be arriving this Tuesday, sit-stand desks. Oh, nice. Very excited. That is exciting. Very, very exciting. So yeah, okay. that'll be my happy for the moment. So are you ready to hear about Sarah Winchester and her mystery house? I am. But real quick, my happy is that it was a, a long weekend off, and I was super happy about it. Never really had done your happy yet. I know. I almost <laughs> ducked out of it because I was like, sweet, I don't have to think of one. But I knew someone would notice. You would notice in post-production. <laughs> yep, I would notice and go, oh, crap. <laughs> uh, but yes, I had a good, a good happy. good vacation. Yeah, oh, man, I've been on vacation for a week, but it's all been moving vacation, but even still, oh, vacation, so much. I don't want to go so back to work good. tomorrow. Not even a little. I, I like my job. It's a great job best job i've ever had still don't want to go back no it's because everything outside of work is more fun like that's that's the point of work it pays for you to enjoy your life exactly but yes i am ready to hear about round two of the winchester house (laughs) winchester mystery house round two round two round two Ding, ding. Okay. Oh, okay. We are very distractible at the moment. We've gone through one recording session and we're struggling. Alrighty. Um, so the story of the Winchester Mystery House, which is in San Jose, California, actually starts in Connecticut. And we're going to go there one day. One day. We're making a list. And checking so, it twice. <laughs> we're really, ooh, we're good. Uh... So in 1839, Sarah Lockwood Pardee, who later became Sarah Winchester, was born in New Haven, Connecticut. So she was kind of the local spitfire, 
Uh, she was four foot ten inches and known to be a great beauty. She was fluent in multiple languages, musically talented, and known for being a extremely lovely person and having a sharp wit. At a girl. I want to get described that way. That sounds awesome. Maybe not we're rocking, ten, but otherwise. Oh yeah, we're rocking the uh, the fun ladies lately. Yeah. Uh, so there was not a huge amount about her early life, just like when she was born and then when she got married, because you know, all the rest of female history gets erased once you get married. Yada yada yada. That whole shtick. Which is dumb. So September thirtieth, eighteen sixty-two, Sarah marries William Wirt Winchester. What a middle name. Who <laughs> uh, is the only son of Oliver Winchester, the creator of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company? Guns, yo. Guns and rifles. Marka. Parka? America. Marka. Marka. Yeah. That makes much more Gotta sense than Parka. Gotta get that slow, like, Marka. drawl to it. Got a Winchester rifle. Marka. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. <laughs> So July 12th in 1866, only four years later, um, Sarah gave birth to her daughter, Annie Pardee Winchester. And unfortunately, uh, Annie very shortly then dies after only five and a half weeks of living from Merasmus, which do you know what Merasmus is? I do not. Okay. So I did not know either. I had to look it up. Uh, Merasmus is a form of severe malnutrition. So, normally shows up Mm -hmm. as energy deficiency. Um, It can happen to anyone with severe malnutrition, but usually happens with kids. And essentially what happens is that the body weight will be reduced to less than like 62% of normal expected body body weight for whatever the age is. So, like, you have a five and a half week old baby, imagine it being 60% smaller than it's supposed to be. Oh, I had that. You had yeah, but mine okay. was because, like, that little valve in my stomach didn't let food in, so I lost uh, half my body weight by the time I was, like, three weeks old. Got it. Yep. Sorry, Mom. Hooray for modern medicine. Yep. And a big old scar on my tum-tum. Yep. For my abs. <laughs> right. My one fake ab. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you made it through that kind of stuff. Uh, poor Annie did not, so she died very shortly thereafter. Um, and Sarah and William did not have other children. Uh, they just kind of suffered through. Wow. I am. Wow. Apparently I am just real distractible right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks. Giving me visual distractions now as well. That's good. Let me just follow the little birdie. (laughs) So while Annie has been passed away, they're still just spending like several years hanging out as a couple, you know, single income, no kids, because double income, no kids wasn't a thing back then. Right. Uh, Bless the modern age. But come around to 1873 and the Winchester Rifle Model 73, the gun that won the West, supposedly, uh, was released. And very shortly there, basically, it's where the Winchesters got, like, all, all their, their fortune. All of their money. Yeah. Um, but, unfortunately, being the rifle that won the West, you can imagine that that rifle also did a whole bunch of atrocities. Oh, yeah. 
because you know it was used against Native Americans and existing populations across the plains. Well, and you don't win a war without shedding some blood, even if it's a war you shouldn't have to be fighting in. Does it count as a war when it's just a massacre? (sighs) I mean, they will argue yes, I argue no. Yeah. Well, seven years later in 1880, Oliver Winchester passed away, leaving the dynasty of the Winchester Rifle Company to William. Uh, And very shortly after Oliver passed... (laughs) Three months, William followed Oliver. Oh, that was shorter than I thought it would be. Very short. So it was te- it was over two years, but it was only a three-month difference. So Oliver yeah. died in 1880. <clears throat> William died in 1881. But he had been struggling with tuberculosis since before his father's death. Oh, okay. The Did they do the gets... whole, like, sanatoriums and light therapy and all that? Yeah. Yeah, they did the whole shebang because they had the money to. Yeah, true. Um, Very true. Unfortunately, none of it really worked. So Sarah ended up as the only remaining person. There was no kids. There was nothing. Like, she's the only person left. She gets the entire Winchester fortune. Okay. I mean, that works out for her. It does. Do you want to know how much it was? I do. So it was approximately $20 million and 50% of the company back then. Oh, damn. So it was such a ridiculous number. $509,643,137.25 approximately. And that's not including the stock. That's just the cash in today's dollars. Do you know where that would put her on the list like nowadays of like wealthiest people? It puts her, it's not in the top 100 because all of the top 100 are billionaires because sure. for fuck's sake. Yeah. No one needs that much money, guys. No I one. personally believe that billionaires should not, like billionaires should not exist. <clears throat> I don't really care. Yeah, if, I agree. Well, see, okay. So this is going to get me. So I do taxes. <laughs> this is a fun fact. Uh, tax accountant. Woo. Taxes were actually originally implemented not to try and take shit away from people. Like the entire point was to create incentives to get and or checks and balances to make sure that people didn't get that wealthy. But when you create incentives within the tax situation to have wealthy people get tax cuts and not take their money away from them, you kind of screw that up. What was supposed to happen is you get a deduction if you give to charity to try and encourage charitable donations, and if you don't, you have to pay a higher tax rate. It's the entire point of the marginal tax rate system. Yep. What happens now is rich people just keep getting richer and fuck that noise. Agreed. This has been Lauren's Accounting Corner. (laughs) Now back to the story. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, Wait, final moment. So, I actually have it in my notes. The 100th most rich person in the world, Alisher Usmanov, has a net worth of $16 Ugh. So, yeah. Classes exist and uh, screw this shit. No one needs that much money. You should get taxed at 100% or give all your money away. I don't care. Either way. Yep. You can have... You'll still be plenty wealthy. Million. Congratulations. But after that, come on. Yeah. Ugh. My regime of government would completely, like, get rid of that. I have an entire idea of what I would do if I ever had a platform. <laughs> I don't ever want to run for office, but I know what I would do. <laughs> as long as you have a plan. Yep. So that's 1881. Sarah becomes an extremely wealthy woman and decides after a couple of years um, that she's tired of 
well, not tired of. She gets, she throws herself, she falls into a extremely deep depression because kids dead, husband's dead, things aren't going great. Father-in-law's dead. On the East Coast. Father-in-law's dead. Never said anything about a mother-in-law, so, or anything else. Um, So one of her friends finally suggested that she go and talk to a psychic to try and, like, get some closure about everyone around her having died. Um, so she did, and the medium channeled William's spirit and told Sarah that the deaths of William and Oliver were a result of a curse on the Winchester family. Mm. So, because thousands of people, probably an underestimate, had died at the end of a Winchester rifle, their souls were now angry, and supposedly said souls would come to take Sarah as well. So Sarah was told to leave New Haven and move west, and that there she would need to build continuously a home to appease the angry spirits and keep them from taking her life. Okay. You can never stop building the house. If you continue building, you will live. Stop and you will die. Well, I mean, that's going to keep some construction companies in business for a while. Yup. So... (laughs) So Sarah went out and she chose a place in the West in California, again, close to San Jose, California. It's still there. You can go visit. You can do tours. I actually have a really freaking cool Smithsonian guided tour, virtual guided tour that we will link to in the description. Um, That was freaking awesome. (laughs) But I want to go in person. I can't believe that I lived near there and never went. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So Sarah having moved out to San Jose, California, finds herself a two-story unfinished farmhouse that's sitting on 162 acres. You know, minimal necessities. Yeah. You know, that's that's a nice normal size. Very manageable. Yeah. And she names it Lenyata Villa. We call it the Winchester Mystery House. Her name, much more badass. Lenyata Villa sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. (laughs) But... Having purchased Lenyata Villa, she immediately starts remodeling. She did not take any breaks when it came to risking being killed by spirits. Uh, So Sarah didn't use an architect. Instead, she hired carpenters, and they worked on the house night and day. She would hold seances and a turret of the house, commonly called the Witch's Cap, because everyone needs a frickin' princess tower called the Witch's Cap. I like it. (laughs) From the seances... Sarah would get visions of what she should build next, and she would write down the designs and deliver them to the foreman in the morning. Huh. Yeah. So the result of these deeply professional plans was doors that would open into walls, staircases that go to the ceiling, and hallways that lead to dead ends, and a bunch of other weird shit. That just sounds so terrible if you're, like, drunk or you have, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not quite conscious, just trying to find your way through this damn house, just bumping into shit, opening up empty doors. Well, that's actually the exact idea. So the reason that they had this shit going on yeah. was to try and confuse the spirits. So they of were trying course. to get them Win- Winchester victim ghosts confused and lost and stuck so that Sarah could hide in other parts of the house. I mean, they're ghosts. They can just go through the walls, Sarah. 
What I don't get is why she didn't just build them a house and live somewhere else. Like, you don't have to live with the ghosts. You yeah. just have to build them a house. Come on, Sarah. Think it through. Yeah, that was never part of the of the uh, curse there. Nope. They just wanted a place to live because they also, were displaced uh, persons. Like, can you imagine having a headache or a migraine and living in that house? Just being like, I just want some fucking peace and quiet. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Hammers overhead. Ugh. People yelling, middle of the night. <laughs> Dropping tools, because it happens. Butterfingers are a thing. <laughs> no, I can't. Man, I hadn't even thought about that. That sounds absolutely horrible. That sounds terrible. Oh, uh, yeah. Ugh. Man, okay. So do you want to hear about the house itself a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, we're going to go there one day, but it's good oh, to yeah. have background knowledge. Oh, yeah. So the house itself was made mostly from redwood uh, and then covered with, it's spelled pain, but I don't think it's pain, but it might be pain, uh, faux grain and stain. And okay, so the whole thing, redwood was a really sturdy wood. That's why Sarah chose it. And she liked it better than other woods, but she, for some reason, didn't like how it looked. So thus she put over the texturing and the grain and the stain and all that business. Okay. I mean, she's got the money. She can do whatever the hell she wants. She's got the money. I'm a little sad that she probably downed half the Redwood Forest doing this, but, you know. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. (laughs) Yep. I mean, it was right nearby. (laughs) Yeah, true. I'm sure it was on her property. From that forest, she built 161 rooms. Oh, damn. So there were 40 bedrooms, two ballrooms, one that was complete and one that was unfinished. 47 fireplaces, 2,000 doors, 10,000 panes of glass, most of them custom-designed stained glass, one that was designed uh, in Sarah's favorite spiderweb pattern, because apparently that's a thing that people have, um, that never got hung up. She just had a window pane that she designed in her favorite spiderweb pattern. Okay. Had it? I mean, wealthy people are always a little eccentric, right? So, so they had this thing called the $25,000 storage room. Any guesses as to why it was called that? Well, I can't imagine it's like Scrooge McDuck filled with money. So I imagine that that's what she spent on all the things in there. So supposedly all of the contents within the storage room were roughly appraised at about $25,000. So, yeah. I I personally like Scrooge McDuck. You do or don't? I do. Just imagining her just diving in there. Honestly, it's kind of like that. What she would go in and do is basically just go look at her baubles instead of swimming through it. Oh, okay. Well, close enough. The classy so, version. Her spiderweb pattern window went into the $25,000 room along with a bunch of other stuff. And then there was another window that was designed by Lewis Comfort Tiffany of, Tim- Tiffany, and Co- bleh, of Tiffany and Co. Okay. And it is the most badass sounding window, and I want it in my house. So it was specifically made so that a rainbow would be cast across the room when the window was struck with light. So naturally, they installed it in an interior wall with no light exposure whatsoever. Of course. Sure. That makes perfect sense. Although I do have to say, all the stained glass makes the house sound very pretty anyway. Yeah. I just, I love stained glass. I'm a sucker for, like, the old churches that have the stained oh. glass. It's so pretty. 
Oh yes, me too. Okay, so along with all of those window panes and a bunch of other shit, they also had 19 chimneys, 17 that were intact, two that were rubble but presumed to be chimneys, two basements, how, and three <laughs> elevators. So was it like a basement with a sub-basement or a basement and then there's like another side to the basement? Unclear. We will have to find out when we go. Okay. <laughs> I could not find anything that was very clear on that. Yeah, that's... Um, okay. But seriously, how? How do you have a basement that... And what? No. Uh, just well, I mean, like she also has two me. ballrooms, so... Bougie. What if you maybe need to have two balls at a given time? <laughs> Is the unfinished one for the ghosts? What if the unfinished one was for the living guests? Uh, that was my other thought. <laughs> Be like, no, the dead ones can have the nice one. We can have the jacked up one. That way they know we're scared of them. It's right. okay. They won't kill us. <laughs> okay. So a little bit about the decor, and then we'll keep going with story. So all of the chandeliers were made of either silver or gold, and the floors were hand-inlaid parquet. Oh, okay. As was the trim. I mean, I imagine it looked beautiful, but... Yeah. The least beautiful thing I've ever heard, there was one working toilet. All of the other bathrooms were decoys to confu confuse ghosts. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, like, why would you only have one? Like, why not just make all of them working? Right. Like, we have three people living in a two-bedroom apartment with one bathroom, and we need two bathrooms. There's, <laughs> There's, like what 47 rooms in this house and one bathroom did she mm -hmm. have guests uh she did have guests yeah and what's more how can you like how do you know which one's the right one i imagine someone just shit in the wrong toilet at some point i was like ah oh, fuck it i feel like they must have just been wandering into random rooms and corners and going like i mean you gotta to find pee a toilet. i'm just going over here right <laughs> you gotta go to the bathroom bad enough you're not gonna care and what's crazy is she made this wild-ass decision while installing a whole bunch of wonderful technology. So, like, they had steam and forced air heating indoors, indoor oh. toilets and plumbing for the one bathroom, yeah. uh, a hot water shower, and push-button gas lights. That sounds lovely. Yeah. So, like, why the fuck one toilet? It was like wandering through a ridiculously luxurious carnival funhouse. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So, in 1888, just a few years after Sarah had started doing all of her construction, Sarah's favorite niece, Daisy, decided to move into Lanyada Villa to live with her auntie Sarah for the next 15 years. Share in one bathroom, dodging the ghosts for 15 years. Eh, not such a bad life. Eh, one bathroom, 15 years. Yeah, living with Super constant house, construction. Though. And continuous yeah. construction. So from 1890 to 1900, Sarah kept remodeling every day. And Laniata Villa went from being a two-story farmhouse to a seven-story Victorian mansion. That's that's impressive. impressive. A little horrifying, but impressive. Yep. So in this whole time, it's been Sarah and Daisy. Uh, so in 1903, Daisy got married to Frederick Marriott Jr., 
Uh, as far as I can tell, he is not a relation to the <laughs> hotel chain. But at that point, Daisy left home, and Sarah was once again alone in her giant man- mansion. Okay. With her ghosts. <laughs> So, 1906, the San Francisco earthquake just uh, hit and destroyed large portions of the home. Um, most of the construction surprisingly remained intact, but the home did end up being a few stories shorter <laughs> than it had before. So, yeah. Sarah was convinced that the earthquake itself was a sign from the evil spirits that were after her. They were angry that she had almost finished the home, and so... <laughs> Using what I have called her super logic skills, Sarah decided to board up 30 unfinished rooms in in the mansion so that they could never be completed. Because rather than just having to continuously be doing things, like, she would just leave things unfinished as if, look, I'm still constructing. Still working on it. Um, Sarah, you silly, silly lady. And it added the second benefit that if the mansions were to fall, like, in another earthquake, the spirits ought to be... Quote, trapped inside forever. Yeah, Close that's not... use doors, Sarah. Yeah, that's not how that works, sweetie. It's not, no. Also, like, just the premise behind her whole constant construction so the ghosts can't find her. You think of how many people died in that, quote, war? Mm-hmm. Uh, if even just a fraction of them red rovered through that house. <laughs> <laughs> like... They're gonna get you... She's not going to hide for long. It's all of, I don't know, two minutes for them. Yep. <sighs> so surprisingly, Sarah did manage to dodge the spirits for 83 years. So September 4th, 1922, Sarah passed away and left all of her belongings to her niece, Daisy. Add a girl, Daisy. And that's when we get to the ghosty activities. Yeah, ghosty ghosties. So, contractors regularly reported Sarah as performing seances daily with local mediums to try and reach good spirits, and the good spirits were then tasked with mediating with the violent spirits to see what they wanted in their homes. That was her witch's cap tower. Um, And like we said before, all of the weird additions were to please the ghosties. So, she not only kept all of the carpenters and layman employed she also kept all the spiritualists well employed okay also housekeepers yeah i mean she's just stimulating the economy yep Uh. but after sarah's death things picked up just a little bit um daisy auctioned off everything that she didn't want from the house including the house itself and a group of investors purchased the home, and about six months... Mm, yes, about six months after Sarah passed, um, the home was open to the public for tours. And since opening, visitors have reported multiple things. So, banging doors, disembodied voices, windows that bang shut and shatter, which maybe that's why she needed 10,000 window panes. Just to replace the ones that shatter. <laughs> yep. Cold spots, orbs of light that move throughout the house, random footsteps, sightings of Sarah, so she's also become a ghosty haunting there, it seems. Okay. And doorknobs that turn themselves from doors that lead to walls or empty boarded rooms. I don't I don't like that. I don't like any of them. No. But I wanna go. Yeah. We have to go. We have to go. So 
I actually have an alternate theory as to what might be going on with all of it. Okay. Okay. So Sarah was a wealthy, intelligent woman that lost her only child and her husband and desperately wanted to feel close to them and mourn their loss. But it was pretty audacious for a woman to be, like, openly feeling and spending her money however she wanted and probably landed Sarah with her eccentric reputation on the East Coast. Yeah. But... She was also known to be extremely charitable and caring about those that were close to her. So she supposedly had close relationships with all of her staff and spent her time and money making sure that they lived comfortably. And that led to their unquestioning loyalty. Her staff never once spoke to reporters or nosy neighbors or anything about Sarah's habits or hobbies. And the day Sarah died, all of her staff immediately left the house and never spoke about their experiences there. Oh, wow. That's some loyalty. Fuck yeah, it is. So I'm kind of inclined to agree with Helen Mirren. Um, So Helen Mirren played Sarah in a movie, and I'm blanking on the name of it, but it was something along the line of Winchester House or something like that. And the general... Was it the Red Rose? Possibly. I'll look it up after I finish this quote. Because I know Um, there was a Stephen King movie. So Helen Mirren said, if it is haunted, uh, looking around at the well-appointed rooms that Sarah Winchester had built, I feel it is haunted by something very benign. I feel sort of a great sweetness in the house, not a horror. There's a sweetness in it. It is haunted by something sweet, if it's haunted. I kind of feel like Sarah was just like this nice person who wanted to do what she wanted and people were just kind of giving her shit for being a single wealthy woman in the 1800s. Yeah, which honestly doesn't surprise me. I mean, they'd still be critical nowadays, but a little less so. Yeah. Now I need to find out what that movie was. Because <laughs> I, I am blanking on it. I didn't have the good sense to write it down in my notes. It is called Winchester. Hmm. And it came out in 2018, it looks like. Oh, that's much sooner than I thought it was. Or much more yeah. recently. Hi, Coda. Coda Bear. Or Mirren looks like a badass per usual. Um, okay. Well, that's the story of Winchester Mystery House. It's not super spooky. It's just interesting. It is. But it's definitely on our list now. Yes. Well, that went much quicker than the first time I told it. Do you want some <laughs> palate cleansers? Sure. Let's find some I'll, I'll never say no. I knew a woman who owned a taser. Man, was she stunning. Uh, it was either gonna be that or she was electrifying did you hear about that uh great new shovel it's groundbreaking (laughs) god these are so bad (laughs) inspecting mirrors is a job i could really see myself doing (laughs) Uh. do you know why peter pan flies all the time no he never lands. Uh, at least it's not like my immediate reaction of like he's high, but I'm that's definitely darker than what I was going for. Uh, my dog can do magic tricks. That's a labracadabrador. Ah, labracadabrador. I I that's one of my favorite ones. It's so good every time I read it. Uh, I used to have a fear of hurdles. Then he got, got over, over it. it. 
Uh, we're going to have to have Blake tell his uh, favorite joke, pun thing. Is he here now? Bring him on I in. I, I don't think he's here, but we'll, we'll get him for a future episode because... Like, he will laugh himself stupid every time over it, and he's so proud that he came up with it. Oh, he so. wrote the joke. Oh, yeah. It's it's a Blake original. Okay. Okay. So, Blake, when you listen to this, you're getting roped into it because I know how much you love it. <laughs> I am down with that. You ever seen a shopping center? I mean, yes, but... When you see one, you've seen them all. Uh, malls are sad places right now to the guy who invented zero thanks for nothing i always said to the guy who invented nothing thanks for zero wow (laughs) oh apparently i have a one-story capacity today words are hard words are hard it's just the brain melt of sunday it's true we're just putting off work the grape didn't say much when he got stepped on just let out a little wine. Uh. Which then makes it kind of sound like wine is grape pee. I mean, it kind of is, though. It kind of is. It kind of is. Or grape blood. It's just a bunch of grapes taking a bath, okay? <laughs> yeah, I took a picture of a field of wheat once. It was grainy. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh. Oh, Pullman. Yep. Oh, Pullman. Wow, my, my I should have drank caffeine instead of my non-caffeinated tea, because right now, whoo. We're dead. Yeah. What happened there? This one's going to be one that I'm going to have to actually, like, edit. <laughs> Not just, like, fast edit. We've been doing so well, though. We have been. We just have to have one, oof, one here and there. That's how we get through. Well, on that note, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening and check back next Sunday for another episode. If you need some extra spookums, check out our mini stories at waittopanic.com. And as always, if you have a story to share, send us an email at waittopanicpodcast at gmail.com. Make good choices and remember, wait wait to to panic. panic.